Excuse me, sir. Hello, Ossifer. Can I see your license, please? Uh, yeah, here you go. Are you so, Mr. Richmond, is it? That's right. And I presume these are the modern lovers. <laughs> Do you know how fast you were going back there, sir? Uh, faster miles an hour. Well, that's not really a speed, is it, sir? Well, I suppose not. No, it's just a comparative rate, isn't it? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you a ticket. To ride? No. Oh.
welcome to the Trust the Wizards podcast. Get My name is Robert Ricky, and I'm joined by a man who has made it his life's long mission to build harmonious communities where each individual can reach their potential and be the author of their own story. In an environment that is fresh and clean and where every voice is heard and respected. It's Sharitha Garbanzo. Good day, comrades. And a man who's made it his life's mission to destroy society's collective sense of worth by treating everyone he meets in every medium possible with contempt and disgust in an environment that is decorated with bile and vomit and where if people have the courage to speak out, they will be murdered. It's Kick Revels. Hello! Okay, uh, we're going to play a song from this double CD, which is called Inner City Sound, uh, which is a CD that, or a CD set that I've had for quite some time, and it's a, a standalone companion piece to the cult book of the same name. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the book itself was first published in 1982 by, and written by Clinton Walker, who you may well be familiar with, certainly if you know anything about the history of the go-betweens you will be, because he's one of these people who has documented the history of kind of punk and post-punk Australian bands and, and music. Um, and uh, this, this book tells a tale of, of all that, the punk and the post-punk music underground, um, and includes reference to seminal bands such as The Saints, Rodeo, Birdman, Nick Cave, Go-Betweens, Triffids, Scientists, Severed Heads, Super K and, and many more. And as I say, I've had this CD a long time and it's great. Every single track on it is great. Um, and for Christmas... My uh, my lovely wife, Mrs. O'Well, mm-hmm. uh, managed to track down a copy of the book. Uh, and here it is. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, and it's in pristine condition, which I'm very excited about. Um, in fact, it turns out it's not the original book. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed with that, actually. Uh, it's Could actually, do better. It's actually a new expanded edition. Um, but nevertheless, it's... Uh, Tell how, how thoughtless of your wife to not get you an original one, but indeed a, a newer and better, more expanded version of the book. So yeah, she'll gonna, never learn. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's been annotated by Clinton Walker, and it includes also a, a, a fold-out family tree poster, uh, which I've left at home, so I can't yeah. show you, but it, it, is, it is an amazing thing. Because all these bands, as you can imagine, were sort of people in and out of each other's bands and, and, yeah. and all that. Um, and uh, anyway I've started reading it and I haven't got very far sadly but what I have discovered is that the band X uh, who you may be familiar with anyway not Johnny Hitton and Pauline no that's um, American X oh so not, so not the band with John Doe no oh okay I, right. no, this, no, is no, an, I, this, is, this is an Australian band and um, I really like the song that we're going to play um, which is on the CD but I didn't really know much about them but it turns out that actually these, these were one of the really cool bands and I'm just going to read you a, a line from this and then we'll play the song it says it's at about this time this is uh, 1978 about this time X started getting the kind of crowd they deserved it should have been obvious from their early gigs in, at the Paris which is a venue in, in Melbourne I think uh, that given the right venue they could be they could give the people what they wanted a genuine unpretentious new wave band their only appearance at the Grand Hotel proved that a genuine rock and roll feeling counts for more than all the safety pins and slogans. They're the only band I've seen get three encores at the Grand. They gave life to a scene that had lost its impetus. So here's X with TV Glue.
We don't. We don't. Talk much. Anymore.
lovely romantic little tale there from yes. Lynched. Uh, yeah. You can uh, get more of their stuff at their website, Lynched Folk. Uh, this is difficult to say. Lynched, L Y N C H E D, Folk Miscreants. That's all one word. Lynched Folk Miscreants. Dot Bandcamp. Dot com. Now that particular song, uh, there was an old man came over the sea. Uh, is a is a very old song, um, and uh, they, they they says on their website they first heard this song uh, by Frankie Armstrong on a Topic Records compilation called "The Bird in the Bush," uh, traditional folk songs of love and lust, mm. which it certainly qualifies as. Mm. And then they go on to say that according to the Penguin Book of English folk songs, uh, the old man's courtship is an ancient joke of which country folk never seem to tire. You know, like having sexual relations with an old man mm. is something that comes up a lot in in folk songs. Yeah, no, well, you know, as an old man myself. Yeah, um, and it's, indeed, it says indeed the motif does seem to be a common one in in Irish traditional song. Motif, it, surely not motive. Motif, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, yeah, uh, and uh, it says the band then say it is safe to say, however, this this is by far the most grotesque song on that theme <laughs> yeah. that we have ever come across. Yes, well done. Then. Uh, and then following the song itself, they uh, follow up with two instrumental tunes from uh, the American old time tradition, uh, the Kitchen Girl and Angeline the Baker. Mm. Uh, they are on tour uh, next this month, and uh, so go to that website I mentioned, lynchedfolkmiscreants.bandcamp.com. If you want to see them, they're playing in uh, Ireland, sorry, in Dublin, Paris, Trolley, which is in Ireland, Selby, Edinburgh, Sheffield, London, Worthing, Berry, Shipley, and Kirkcaldy. Go check them out. Sorry, what was the last one? Kirkcaldy. <laughs> he's, he's a Scotsman. Kirkcaldy. 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 Where Jackie Levin's from, isn't it? Or was? I guess he's dead. Bless him. He's still from there. He was from there. Yeah. You'll like this next song if you're one of those people who, one of those old-fashioned people who believes that public services should be run for the benefit of what they would now call the end user, or what people used to call just people, uh, rather than being run for profit of private individuals. Uh, and a good example of this is the current... Uh, industrial dispute going on with Southern, Southern Rail. Southern Rail decided that they were going to withdraw all the guards from their trains and the staff are striking because they say it's not safe to run these trains without guards and that people will die, passengers will die. Southern Rail's viewpoint on this is that the average payout for damages for a civilian death through accident is about a million quid in this country and it costs them several million pounds in wages to employ all the guards on their trains. So the balance sheet would actually look far better if they just got rid of all the guards and let a few of the passengers die unnecessarily and then just compensate the factory families because that will cost them a lot less than actually keeping their passengers safe. The sad thing is, apart from that fact itself, but the sad thing is if you Google Southern Rail Strikes, the huge majority of web links that are found about it are about passengers on Southern Rail applying for and quite often receiving compensation for late-running trains or cancelled services due to the industrial action. So the main narrative out there in the, in the public uh, domain, it, the main narrative being given out and the main narrative being received is that, uh, oh, those striking bastards, they made me late for work. Priority was all wrong, if you ask me. Anyway, there's a, a, a compilation album which you can get 50 tracks for $3 uh, and uh, you can get this 
from indie it's called indie pop shop talk volume one and it's got 50 tracks on it this is one of them uh, you can get this from indie pop shop talk <laughs> no you can't indie pop shop talk dot bandcamp dot com and from it this is the the band drain on the balcony with plan a open brackets sell the family silver close bracket
the UK shipbuilding industry. The Agricultural Development and Advisory Service. BBC Technology. National Air Traffic Services. The Royal Mail. The National Savings Bank. Sealing Ferries. The Channel Tunnel Rail Link. Student Loans. The Central Electricity Generating Board. Including the National Grid, National Power and Power Gen. The Electricity Distribution Companies. Shy, looking for an answer. Come on, 
British Standard Unit with the song uh, If You Want My Body and You Think I'm Sexy. Mm. Come on, sugar, let me know. Mm. Uh, which obviously is a cover version. Is it? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. And do you know how it came by that cover version? Or even I came by I would imagine it's free. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, I was reading the book Good Night and Good Riddance by John, not by John Peel, by Dave, David Kavanagh. Yeah. David Kavanagh. About John Peel. About John Peel. Can I just say about that song? I didn't. I didn't really like it. No. At all. But uh, but at the same time, I did think it was a massive improvement on the original. <laughs> True yeah. enough. True enough. Well, my son, <laughs> Sam, Sammy Ricketts, mm, yeah. he said, "Dad, when you go that far, mm. when do you know how to stop?" Mm. I just you it's don't stop. You keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going until you've annoyed everybody. There was clearly no line there. Yeah. No, no, no. That's an old. Sorry, is that as an old tune? Is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I'll, I'll explain the, the background. Okay, yeah. uh, not so much the background to the song, but how I listen to it. Yeah. Because so I'm reading this book, Good Night, Good Riddance, mm. and this book is based on, uh, there was a website called Cat's Caravan, mm. which documented all the John Peel shows, mm-hmm. which sadly, I think it must have been put together in the early noughties. Yeah. Uh, and this was in the early days of the cloud. So they, the people who got it all together had accounts on different cloud yeah, mm. like storage size, and the the memberships have run out. Generally speaking, so yeah, if you right. go now, it says, "Oh, for this file, you're endlessly chasing your own files that don't." Right. Really irritating. Yeah. But you can get hold of quite a few, uh, and so I downloaded about six John Peel shows, yeah. uh, and um, I was I was listening. Uh, to, God knows, I, I, I think it was in the early eighties, uh, and and they, you forget how good they were. They were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But then songs just sometimes come. I thinking, my God, what is that? Who put that out? And this is one of them. <laughs> right. yeah. And it, it actually prompted me to buy a full album uh, by said uh, fella uh, called um, The Hybrid Kids. Mm. Is it all covers? It's on covers, yeah. Can, um, can we have a guess at what other songs he might do? Please do. When did the album come out? Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure, to be honest. Mala Kintyre? N- no, MacArthur Park. I suppose that's close. About um, Rhinestone Cowboy? No, 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 we don't, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you a few, yeah, uh, save on. all your kisses for me, uh-huh, um, something better change, obla dee obla da, something better change no. by the stranglers, I think so, yeah, um, is that, is this something better change? change, you've lost that loving feeling, <laughs> uh, take me, I'm yours, <laughs> well, he goes into all the young dudes on that for some reason, uh, God save the lean, Stroke pretty bacon. 
Ah, so it's a it's a Sex Pistols butcher meat based yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, medley. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that sounds so, great. Yeah, I'm watching. Like this all the way through. Let's find out. Something better change. It's you, isn't it? I'm so pleased you doing this. Does he do, uh, in his Sex Sex Pistols meat-based medley, does he do Hammocky in the UK? Mm. No. 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 Anyway, so yes, so that's great or what. Mm. But I read the whole book, absolutely fantastic. And we've got a quiz coming up, listener. Oh, Oh, come on. And you know, I don't do quizzes usually, you know, because I've not got the patience, I'm not very clever. Mm. uh, But I couldn't resist on this one. Mm. This is absolutely brilliant. Uh, But just to give you an idea of the sort of themes of the book. uh, So it it tracks his, obviously, John Peel's style and particularly his his accent uh, as he walks through the years. Mm. Um, One thing that, that fascinated me because you listen to John Peel all the time, but you never thought, figure out what's his strategy. Uh, you know, because it's is it all just new music? How does he pick how his programs go? Mm. And he notices he's got a few favourites like Ivor Cutler, The mm. Fall, Dave Gedge. Mm. Yeah, some people are like, he will play no matter what, mm. come hell or high water, year after year. Every after year. year. Mm. Yeah, and then he's got a whole massive like uh, you know ongoing pattern of all all new music out there. Yeah, uh, and. Um, Another thing he did, which you will like a lot, is a tendency to link... Hold on. Yes, we are still recording. So that's a good one. His tendency to link... Yeah, a tendency to link songs, you know, with different themes and stuff like that, which someone else does, yeah. it sort of traces where he stands over time in the music industry uh, because it, the number of uh, like hit songs that he sort of latches onto first and then they go mainstream and similarly bands as well he was like the feeder for all the new bands coming through the radio. Yeah. He played it's on, it's on 45 isn't it yeah. uh, and, and then you know how he built up that over time he, he seemed to like uh, have the the, the the counterculture coming towards him all the time. So even the secret garden, he got a huge number of people like, you know, weird people, let's be honest, uh, you know, getting towards it. And then similarly, I mean, 77 through to, until, until the end of the, of the, of the programme, really, you know, there was just, you know, loads of people piling in, lots of them because they think they can get their record played on the radio, which, let's face it, many of them did. Uh, but many just, you know, in, in the club. Uh, and uh, there was good stuff there about the tension between sexism and racism, uh, how you know he 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 would join in with the racy DJs at the time, saying very inappropriate things, uh, which obviously then very very slowly left the show. <laughs> uh, but similarly, he was very keen to make sure because he was often accused of playing too much white music. He played a lot of reggae though. He always played reggae, mm. uh, but then you know he, he played hip hop right at the beginning mm. and, and loads of dance music and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but he always had the mantra. He never had to explain himself because mm. he said, "Well, I either like it or I don't. Mm. Take it or leave it." So, um, so I, I was listening to these shows, and on one, I mean, this is how eclectic. You forget, I, I, the guy would play anything, he just didn't care. On one, he played a 1930s Hawaiian folk song, which was really just three minutes of ukulele, and I would imagine people in, in skirts. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he closed the show with a Barbara Cartman song, <laughs> and it was brilliant. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so um, so yeah, so that was that was a song that stopped me in my tracks, yeah. uh, and of course at the end of the song where they say, "Do you think I'm sexy?" No, <laughs> and he said, "Well, that was a very good piece of judgment." <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to play the John Peel? Yeah, quiz? Cool. oh yeah. <laughs> 
bring it up. Oh, 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 God. Yeah. oh, oh. It's even in an envelope. I've had to put it in a sealed envelope for fear that someone might try and get the results. Who? Or even the answers. You, 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 yeah, you, you sir. Track record. I thought if I leave, if I leave oh, these hanging yeah, around, yeah, yeah. if I leave oh, these hanging around. record of cheating, do I have? <laughs> right, okay. Oh, I'll take the format. Oh, I resemble that remark. <laughs> right. You both so keep the scores, or are you keeping the scores? Or? Do you know, I'll keep the scores. Yeah, you keep the scores. You're good at that kind of thing. Alright, there's ten questions. Alright. Right. Five each. Which are worth one point. Okay. One point. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry if you think you're getting behind, okay. because then there's two questions each that are worth two points. Okay. <laughs> right? Oh no, sorry, two choices. One question each worth two points. Yeah. And then for the finale, yeah. we've got a festive fifty special right. and they're both worth two points All each. Right. Okay. Wow. okay. Yeah. So there's points we want at the end though, boys. Yeah. What do points make? Nothing. Yeah. We don't get a prize. No, we're doing that. Okay. Um you can have the envelope. Okay, excellent. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, Jerry. Okay. Uh, so it's the 12th of December, 1968. 1968, the show, okay. Yeah, the show's Night Ride. Now, what's special about this show? What is special about that show? <laughs> Sorry, is John Peel's <laughs> show... No, no, 12th of December, 1968. And I'll give you a clue. Yeah. Because, you know, John Peel doesn't do many interviews yet. No. He doesn't really have many celebrities on his no. show. But... Arguably, arguably the biggest celebrity of ever the moment. Ever to be on the show. Of the moment, in 1968. Well, I, you know, yeah, probably ever to be on the show. In 1968. Music-like. Is <sighs> he playing Pink Floyd or someone then? Music-like, 1968. I don't give you any more clues than that, you're a disgrace. Oh, uh, yes, Beatles. A bit more specific. <laughs> Lennon. McCartney. Harrison. Bingo. Oh, you look. It's a, it's a bloody quiz. Oh, <laughs> right, he didn't get that. Bullshit. He did name all four of the Beatles there. He yeah, did not get anything for that. And now he, it was John and John Yoko. And Yoko. Oh. John, all night, Edmund, all night. Oh, okay. A lovely chap. That's nice. Okay. What do... Sorry, that's, that's no points for Kid Rouse. Quite thought? a lot of abuse. Yeah. yeah. Zaretha, what do I'm Not In Love by 10cc and the trail of the Lonesome Pine have in common? Uh. And this is something to do with John Peel? Well, I think the quiz's title would give you some indication that it was, yes. Well, it can't just be that they were both played by John Peel first. But there's... No, it's not but, quite that. No. Um, they both... How many goes does he get? They, well, well, you had about ten. Wait, well, you, uh, you, you rejected the first okay, one. Okay, well, I'll put, I'll put the timer on. Put the timer on. Because you said Pink Floyd. That's why... You wasted uh, time. Uh, because they were both uh, became hits again after being played, because... Um, you know, the, um, the Laurel and Hardy song was, was a hit a long time, you know, in the 70s, long after it had been made. They both became hits after, after John Peel was playing it. I'm going to give him that. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Now, he actually made representations to the record company saying, you must play it because that's a hit. CG1. <laughs> Less of your lip. Yeah. Right, this is... Anyway, I'm glad you got this question. Right. It may seem like there's not many clues in here. <laughs> well, I didn't but, clues in the last but one. But for you... Right, what did the shows... On the 12th of March 1993 and the show on the 22nd of March 1996 have in common? Think of the thing you want them to have in common and they will. I know. Go. Go to my voices sessions. On both of them, yes! <laughs> yes! Not bad, not bad. I'm, not, I'm going to stop giving you clues now because it's getting pathetic. Can you name the songs even? Uh, not all of them. No. Okay. Right, okay. So, back over to. Two. <laughs> Back over to Kicker Vans. Uh, sorry, between the Vans, yeah. Okay, on the 12th of uh, uh, September 1978, Peel plays a song for the first time. 
You can have one more. No, we can get all cast. You shouldn't have said that <laughs> because that's not your answer. Yeah. No, he didn't do that. It's something he said. If you want to have another bash to it, is it something sexually said then? Did he describe a lady's part? You're never going to get it. No. He, he admitted he had VD. Oh, okay. And uh, that going with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, I think that's two one. one. <laughs> two one. Everything to play for. Uh, my answer was guided by voices. Who does that? And yours was teenage. Gigs. Fourteenth yeah. <laughs> of the eighth, nineteen ninety-two. Uh, so we're back up to nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. He plays a session from a band who chose to record four cover versions. Not the normal songs, four cover versions. One was Agadu. The second was Knock Three Times. The third was the Birdie Songs. Birdie Song. And the fourth was A Viva España. Who were the band? What year? 1992. Irreverent. This was when I was definitely listening to it. I definitely don't remember that. I could give you a hint that it's like off the scale. A, they had a number one selling single, which is unusual for Jumping On. And B, I played on the bill with them. Oh, I've not told you that story. Oh, oh. oh we've got a treat later. Um, <laughs> they had a number one hit single. Uh, yeah. And they were doing cover, weird cover versions of John Peel in 1992. A lot of people criticised the band. They said they're not treating it with respect. Uh, but John Peel always, always defended them, saying, no, fantastic, I loved it. Artistic expression. Um, you've already mentioned Corner Shop. I don't think they were around no, in 1992. No, 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 no. Not clue. Chumwoomba. Ah. Um, it's a bit more obscure than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back See, to... There we go. We get these quizzes, we get knocked down. <laughs> we get back up again. Come on, let's go for the next question. 27th of July, 2001. Was legendary for two reasons. Uh, oh, sorry, we're into, we're into the next section. Well, it's it's two, point two, point two point section. Oh. Two point section. Yeah. 25th of the 7th, July, uh, 2001. Was legendary for two reasons. An up-and-coming band played live... And it was five days before someone very important to the show died. You want to have a go at the, the one point for the band, one point for the person who died. So what was the date, sorry? Uh, 25th of the 7th, 2001. I'll give you a clue, it's not John Peel. Was it John Walters died? One point, one point, yes. And the band up at very up and coming in 2001. Big fans of the show. I think I know that. But keep uh, going. Yeah, played live, not many live sessions on that. This before obviously the internet and uh, so the home home taping potential was massive. The bootleg potential was massive, and uh, he encouraged them to play uh, not the latest album and the record company were mental about it. Two thousand and one, two thousand and one. We had the country. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only heard it. You could just still like a thirty-six. You think you can steal? Uh, no, because PJ Harvey. No, that's too early for that. It's too late for us if, if it's an early track, but um, I was going to say White Stripes. White Stripes, yeah. You said made me not think that, but okay, White Stripes. White Stripes, it was. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Uh, we're not doing stealing, so well, yeah. you know, but well done anyway. Yeah. Right, okay. This is. Right. Do I get one point for stealing a two-point question? Yeah, because I've got the first. Point. He's got the first point. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, on the 26th of January, 1991, uh-huh. Peel plays a song from a band uh, for the first time. And in the lyrics, they laugh at the death of a member of another band, the band he once called Our Leaders. Now, that's a bit convoluted question. So he's playing... He's playing a For song. the first time, he's playing, I think, the debut single from, from a, a new band in 1991, right? Yeah. And within this song, the band's lyrics say, they laugh about the death of a member of another band. And the other band, John Peel, many years before... Called them our leaders, mm. the leaders right. of our movement. Right. 
Think it through. Okay, well, the, the leaders of the movement, it, it, he may have called some of them up Pink Floyd, but I don't think any of them are dead by 2000. Was it 2001 or 1991? 1991, yeah, yeah, that's a uh, good point. He's got to be dead by Barry or Mark Bolan or people like that, if you go back far enough. Uh, or. Uh, you know, so like remember, so like you know, or somebody. So or, it's, it's or, 1968. You know, pretty big band. <laughs> so <laughs> what year are we in? Somebody died in 68. No, they did die in 68. But when he called them our well, leader, Jim Morrison. No, he didn't like that. Jimi Hendrix. No, no, no. John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're laughing. It's somebody in a debut song, and they laughed at the death of John 91. Lennon. 1991. Manic Street Preachers. Yes, there's yeah. one point. He's got one point. Yeah. And the second, for the second point, what was the song? The, the debut single. I don't know if it's the debut song. Um, <laughs> Motorcycle Emptiness. No, it's, no. it's Motown Junk. It's Motown Junk, yeah, it is. It's not the debut single, but, but yeah. Okay. There we go, two points. Two, no, there was no help there. Okay, so this is the decider. This is the festive 50 round. Now, I'm, I'm allowing to speak. I'm allowing to speak. Why, 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 why are you disputing? Because I got a question about a band I liked, <laughs> Mr. GBV. Right, okay, so but, no, there is two uh, points for yours though. Only one for mine. Look, look, you can still get this back because you can steal. Yeah. Yeah, you can steal. It's like, my oh, go anyway. Well, okay, it was your book. Oh, sorry, you can, you can even further. Um, right, so this is the fifty. This is the climax. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, the fef- I'm, I'm festive almost, I'm fifty. I'm coming with bounces just right. thinking about it. Okay, the festive fifty was allegedly fixed yes. once. Yes. Can you tell me the the year? Nope. And the name of the band? It's a Bristol band. I no. No, it's not. Two thousand and two. Saloon. Oh, well done, well done, yeah. Saloon and uh, it's, in, the, it's in the noughties. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, you said that you said the year was two thousand two. You said the year. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll give you that. Oh, one. I've got, I've got well, that. well done. So you're right back in it. Saloon, who then later became both Rodney Cromwell. Cromwell and the Leaf Library. Yeah. Okay. On another occasion, it Is was to me. No. Mm. On another occasion, how many points did you get for that? Got two. Okay. Even though I give him the answer. Okay. The the festive fifty was attempted to be fixed on another occasion. Right? So they attempt to fix it. They sent in a load of cars with all the same handwriting on, and John Peel rumbled to them and he said it was one of the Bristol bands. Oh, shit, I've given the answer right. <laughs> <laughs> Name one of the Bristol bands and what gear? A Bristol band. Can I steal? Yeah, well hold on, yeah. not not yet. Um they sent in a load of. Sorry, to clarify, they sent in a load of posts. You haven't told me the year, right? That's so right. You're yeah. not supposed. To, I'm supposed to guess the year. Guess the year yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing Massive Attack or that any of them lot would do. They'd probably be too wasted to do anything as organised as that. Mm. Uh, let's go with one of the. Um, uh, what are they called? The Brilliant Corners. Brilliant Corners yeah, in 1988. Yeah. Ooh. 1987. Ooh. Steel. <laughs> Blue airplanes. Well, that's one way. We've got, we've got the band already, or one of the bands. Yeah, just, I'm, giving it's just another the band. I'm giving you another band. All right, well, okay. well, there are two bands who tried to fix it. There's three four, bands. Four. Four, four bands. Yeah, so that's, that's, oh, there's points up for grabs now. Yeah. So, like, so yeah, we've got a year and two bands. We can 85. Still, very close. 84. 86. Oh, you got it. <laughs> and then we've got another how, band. How many bands was four. it, were there? Four. Four, four bands, four. all from Bristol. Blue Airplanes, Blue Corners, and two others. Uh, the Chesterfields? No, 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 no. Yeah, Sea Urchins? No, no. No. Field mice. Over. Field mice. Let it go. It's finished. It's finished. You can add Mark Stewart or Maria. 
But the winner of tonight's John Peel quiz with yeah. me, John Peel, is let's just count that one, two, three, four, five, six to Sharitha Garbanzo and one, two, three, four, five oh. to Gabriel. So close, but Sharitha is unlucky. Our no John Peel over. genius. It's all in the taking part. I've done it again. I can't believe I did that. That's unreal, isn't it? I'm playing that at the wrong speed. I'm sorry, Bernie. I don't know what we'll do about that. I think we just started again, in point of fact. That's very embarrassing. I let that go for about a minute. Shows you what a good ear I've got. In 1980, mm. remember what the summer hit was in 1980? Play No, no, no. The summer hit, the real one, I was on holiday in Blackpool. Uh, was um, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps by, oh, yeah. by the mighty splodgeness of the bones. Another peel fine, obviously. Uh, and and when I got back from that holiday, I would I would as I, I always oh fantastic I have it here. Oh, I bought the record on. Keep going. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm just touched now. Yeah. But I, I would as we always did. We'd get together all fifteen year old punk rockers. Uh, we'd gather. <laughs> we'd gather to marvel at the splodgeness of bones <laughs> debut album right. because. You know, it, it had everything it needed in punk rock. Listen to these song titles, right? Um, Blown Away Like a Fart in a Thunderstorm. <laughs> Anarchy, Chaos, Stanley Ogden. <laughs> I've got lots of famous people living dormant on the floorboards of my humble abode. Whiffy Smells. <laughs> Named up, well, they had a band member called Whiffy Archer, who, according to the sleeve here, played comb and paper. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Winsy Zoom Zoom. Uh, an amazing send-up of, of the TV advert for the cold remedy called Vitsinex. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah. Vitsinex decongestant spray. In the advert, the hapless son called Malcolm, Malcolm yeah. Yeah, confides in his mother that he couldn't go to work because he had a cold. Uh, and, sh- and she gets him to take uh, Vitsinex nasal spray. Right, yeah. And then he was fine. Or as Max Splodgeness says, uh, Pendit, I can't go to work with a blocked up nose like this because all my mates will take the piss. <laughs> Cush can, Malcolm! Uh, during the course of the song, the character of Malcolm and his mother are deconstructed uh, and their mutually emotional bondage is exposed, revealing that they were in fact pressing each other and that the decongestant spray was merely a metaphor for their own exploitative interdependencies that was leading to a life of misery for them both. That's how deep 15-year-old punk rockers were. <laughs> uh, then, as if that wasn't enough, social philosophy for one record, there was this song that explored the corruption of young minds at the hands of sci-fi comics and modern media. This is Poison Babies vs. Batman.
So that was Sucker of Pistol City by Guided by Voices from the 1999 EP Plugs for the Programme, which uh, rarely for a, a junk Guided by Voices record that I bring to the pod is only available on CD. Yeah. Um, so this was uh, released on the Newbury Comics label. Did you about that? No, no, no. This is 1999. And, uh, I didn't, didn't get in touch at that point. Newbury uh, Comics? That's a comic store in Boston. Exactly. So, been there. Yeah, yeah. have you? There's there you a, go. They uh, records and uh, all sorts of stuff. They do. And, yeah. and they, I didn't know they released records. They do. Yeah. And they, they've recently re-released a number of uh, Cannibal Voices mm-hmm. LPs on, on very limited uh, editions. There's a, like a clear vinyl version of B1000 came out a couple of years ago. They did, a, I think it was um, Under the Bushes, Under the Stars, very recently on blue vinyl. Uh-huh. Anyway, this, this EP was only released through that shop, uh, so as you can imagine, it's fairly rare. I think, yeah. I think there are only about 300 or something. And it's Aces, there's three songs in it. Got a really cracking version of Surgical Focus, which is probably a song you do know. Yeah. Uh, Picture Me Big Time as well as a demo version of that, and Sucker of Pistol City, which only exists on that EP. It's interesting that it's 1999, because as I've often said on the podcast, a lot of the time I think Guided by Voices sound a bit like a lo-fi REM. Mm. I don't think I'm... You know, I'm a long no, no, way from being the first person to, no, yeah, yeah. to make that observation. And I, I've written down here, this is New Adventures in Hi-Fi era, Aria. Yeah. That's what which it sounds it like to me, uh, which would be is, concurrent yeah. with that. Yeah. 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 I've written, I'm, I'm doing better than Mumbling the cars. Mumbling something heavy. That's the so I'm, I've written, yeah. I've written I'm, I'm doing better than the cars, which I'm assuming must be a lyric from the song. And it pretty, is, yes. And I, are they saying they're doing better than the cars, the group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think so. I don't know. Are no. doing better than cars. You said I'm doing better than the cars. I don't know. The, uh, the lyrics of this... I tried to work out what they were about. You do tend to do that. They were even more weird and and indecipherable than than normal GBV uh, lyrics are. Um, Going back to the Splodge Nessa Bounds thing, I'm very pleased to say that a couple of weeks ago I saw my brother. uh, I bet he was uh, pleased about that as well. He was, yeah. Mm. And uh, strangely enough, out out of completely nowhere, he then mentioned uh, that he'd been telling his kids all about uh, Splodge Nessa Bounds. And he'd been telling them about this single we had when we were kids. Is he a uh, distant relative of yours? My brother? 
No, this band. Oh, Splodgeness. No, 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 yeah. they're not. No. Yeah. Uh, but you mean because my real name is, is Splodge? Mm. Yeah. Um, no, he's not. Um, but uh, and it, it just turned out my brother remembered all three tracks on this single just as vividly as I did. Uh, <laughs> but because you, you said that in 1980 it was the big hit, but of course the A side was Simon Templar. It's uh, Two Pints of Lager and a Pack of Crisp, please, got the radio play because Simon Templar had some rather racy lyrics in it. Not that racy, but quite racy for 1980. <laughs> Simon's got a big white car and his bird never wears a bra. He drinks champagne from a slipper, then he goes home with a stripper. Um, but of course, two pints of lager with a pack of crisps. That's why we bought the single. Me and my brother, we yeah. love two I pints think a lot of lager. people only bought it. Uh, all, 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 uh, but but we, we, we came for two pints of lager, <laughs> but we stayed for <laughs> Simon Templar, and especially Michael Booth's Talking Bum. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Booth's Talking Bum, which has a, a, a kind of fart solo in it, <laughs> a bloke making fart noises. <laughs> and and it just there's a great chorus which goes Michael Booth's talking about Michael Booth's talking about Michael Booth's talking about he's got the only talking about in the land. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the obviously being you know this was one of the first six or seven singles I owned uh, and so therefore I can again vividly remember that's why I knew about Whiffy 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 smells you mentioned before because on the back credits of this album quite apart from the the I'd like to point out what is the um, serial number of this. Bum one. Bum one. That's <laughs> the catalogue number on of Bum one. Uh, and, and, and you've got, of course, you've got Max Splodge yeah. on lead vocals, lead vocals, patheticisms and farts. Uh, <laughs> baby green sleeves on vocals, uh, attempt, on vocals, attempted harmonies and lichkins, whatever they may be. Uh, pathetic, <laughs> pathetic Von Dale Chiptooth. I think pathetic. Pat, yeah, pathetic. Vondale Chiptooth on best guitar, someone called Miles Flat on worst guitar, Winston Forb on uh, keyboards and jockey gut, Whiffy Archer, the aforementioned Whiffy Archer, the legendary <laughs> Whiffy Archer uh, on uh, comb and paper, which may sound like a joke, but there is actually comb and paper being played <laughs> on the song. Uh, Roger Roden on uh, bass and pessimisms, uh, Desert Island Joe Lurch Slive on coconuts, and Two Pints Pearson. <laughs> on nothing. <laughs> nothing. Okay. So yeah, I think I think in a future a podcast we might have to play Michael Booth's talking bar oh, as well, just because be the listener needs to hear that. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. We've got another new album to, uh, to to talk about and and play a track from. This one is by Husky Tones. And it's called Who, Who Will I Turn To Now? Husky it comes Jones. out. Husky Jones. Uh, it comes out on 24th of February. If you're in the Bristol area, uh, then when you're not um, sending postcards to John Peel, fraudulently, you could uh, uh, go to their album launch party on the 25th of February at Crofter's Rights. It's the second album. Uh, they had an album out in 2015 called Time for a Change. Uh, they are Victoria Bourne on vocals and drums and Chris Harper on guitar and uh, vocals so they're kind of a bit like a West Country White Stripes Uh, and they've got definite elements of punk definite elements of blues uh, but they have a bit more folk in their armoury than than the White Stripes do Uh, the album is is an excellent one uh, with lots of uh, quite powerful songs uh, uh, quite political songs as well um, the, I have to say the, the 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 faster songs on the album were what did it for me, 
um, when they were more in the sort of punky mode rather than the folk mode. But uh, the the title track, uh, Who Will I Turn To Now, is a very interesting song. It's based on uh, the singer Victoria's own experience of the UK benefit system and how you're treated when you're when you're out of work uh, and uh, you know have, you can end up in some pretty dark places. Uh, the video for that is very good and it's been shot in some of the same locations in Bristol as they sing about in the song. There's a really good song on there called These Hips Were Made For You, which is just a, a uh, it's not political at all, it's just a, yes, a dance, yes, dance that's, song. That's yes, a great good. song, yeah. I really like that. Yeah, there's, a, there's another song called, a slower song called Put Your Arms Around Someone You Love, which is a song that uh, Victoria wrote about, uh, I think, her mother who was ill. Um, another slow one that I liked was... Uh, the Island of Barbed Wire, which has got an interesting backstory. Uh, apparently, du during World War One, quite a lot of people who were German and living in the UK uh, were rounded up and sent to live on the Isle of Man in, in camps. Uh, and uh, one of Victoria's relatives, a guy called Ludwig Dollitz, a great uncle, uh, was was one of those people. And this the song is from the point of view of his English wife, Caroline who used to go up to visit him in the Isle of Man and try and smuggle in food and things like that. Um, and they, on, their, on, their, on their tour, they're going to um, this place, Nokolo, which is where the camp was, uh, to, to where they're going there in March. Um, there's another excellent song, talking of, sort of uh, you know, people being moved uh, in times of hardship. Uh, there's uh, a song called Jungle Blues, which is a song about uh, people in need of a home in you know set in the what is um, in my opinion not very kindly called the jungle in uh, in Calais uh, and uh, the song we're going to play is a bit more of a protest song and there's got an excellent video with um, footage of various protest marches um, mainly in Bristol that have gone on over the last year and it's called Momentum <laughs> Look 
name is Darling, and she saying star. Welcome to Rebel Rickett's world of star. Welcome to Rebel Rickett's world of star. Welcome to Rebel Rickett's world of star. Well, welcome back to the world of Scar. Oh, well, yes. We've taken trips to New York because there's, there's, there's some very important developments in New York. Mm. Uh, some, some are tragic, but some are glorious as well. Because uh, we, we're, we're visiting the, the band The Frighteners, and uh, for anyone who's actually interested, there's no E in this Frighteners. Yeah. Uh, and they've recorded the Neither of the E's. There's two E's missing, isn't there? Both of the E's are missing. So that would be Frig Hunters. But the album is called uh, Nothing More to Say. Uh, and the Frighteners are a band who they've been around in uh, different reggae bands, uh, a, few, a few less than Jake influenced uh, you know, third generation ska bands and stuff like that. Uh, but it was almost sort of coming together to them, for them. And uh, they got a batch of really good songs together. Um, Doing some great live shows, look really cool, mm. uh, and so the the Daptone signed them, put them in the studio, started gearing up to say, "Well, actually, let's launch this big mm. uh, because these these boys sound fantastic." Mm. Uh, halfway through the process, unfortunately, um, the lead singer uh, Daniel Clean uh, contracted ALS. Uh, I can't remember the actual name of the disease, but it's it's a, it's it's a brutal and efficient disorder. In which fatigue and weakness are eventually followed by the loss of motor function and muscular degeneration. But its invasion of the body offers no exact time scale. So they all committed to carry on making the album, but they didn't know if the lead singer was going to be able to make it. Uh, so immediately following Klein's diagnosis, the Frighteners, Axel Rudd and Daptone found themselves challenged on two fronts by their own stubborn standards for creating a superlative record with Daptone's trademark throwback vibe, and by the mechanics it takes to do that on an intimidating and tragic decline. No, oh, sorry, deadline. Uh, from November onwards, pressure forged the backbone of nothing more to say. The frankness time with Klein was finite, as was their opportunity to cut the record with Axelrod, and they needed to work through the anguish before Klein lost his ability to breathe and to sing. Axelrod says urgency was in the air long before anyone knew Klein was sick. Now that the Frighteners, Axelrod and Datum, had found each other, they didn't want to wait to get nothing more to say out of the House of Saul and onto turntables. The profound change in the energy surrounding the album was that it, it went from the normal process of working on music to meet the label deadline to working on the album as quickly as possible in an attempt to have it released before Dan passed away. He says, it was horrible feeling to work with. It felt ugly and surreal for all of us. In the final months of completing the record, we got through it and did everything we needed to do. I just think it felt like we all had 50 pound weights strapped to our chests while we did it. Um, so this is where the first chapter turns to the final one, where the debut becomes a legacy. Yeah. The swift loss of life is devastating enough, but to extinguish the Frighteners run, just as the flame of their success was beginning to spark, feels especially needlessly cruel on the part of fate. And yet, from the most difficult challenges one can face, nothing more to say emerged as a polished, seemingly effortless work of art. Through Klein's passing is deeply felt by those who knew him and the artist he counted as friends and family. The strength of the album and knowledge of the superhuman determination it required to make it at such breakneck pace. Comfort in the wake of grief. Nothing more to say is not just a premiere, not just a meticulously crafted and ruthlessly good record of unique reggae that could only be created by crate digging kids that call the Queen's County Jamaica home instead of the Caribbean one. 
It's an uppercut straight to the chin of morality, thrown by some of the best musicians in the business. Klein may be trying to trying really hard during his cover shoot during the vocal sessions he tracked with a clock run out for the big break he didn't get to fully realise, but he wasn't alone. Here's the fragments with Dispute. recently got hold of a, a compilation, online compilation, download jobby, uh, from Alan's Midweek Madhouse. Uh, and uh, Truth has just reminded me that I've met Alan 
Yeah, Alan, so we, we should Alan explain midweek. Alan, 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 Alan Midweek uh, from the, who has the Madhouse. Yeah. It's, a, it's a radio programme. It's yeah. on Wednesday nights. You can listen to it on Radio Salt Air, I think it's called. Salt Air, yeah. Salt Air. Um, and it's fantastic. He plays a lot of the same kind of music that we play. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's really, really good. It broadcasts live on the internet. I think it's 10 o'clock every Wednesday night. And, and yeah. there's this 20-track uh, compilation, which is called Enormous Pop Volume 1. Um, Three pounds from Bandcamp. Uh, if you go to... Uh, Alan's Midweekhouse.bandcamp.com Alan, Alan's Midweekmadhouse.bandcamp.com It's almost like an echo in here, isn't there? You, you, echo said, in you, here. you said it wrong. You've missed out the mad. Did I? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and it's got lots of, sort of various bands that we've enjoyed seeing live or, or played on the podcast before yeah. MJ Hibbert and the Just Jones and people like that it's a new time machine in fact an old time machine uh, song is it um, it was a new, to, new to me that one yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the songs are either exclusive new tracks or previously unreleased songs oh there you go so it's not an old track but it, there's an old track called that so maybe it's a different version of it yeah. I guess because uh, the, the Just Jones song is a, is a demo isn't it yeah. Um, and the money raises money for the, that said radio program anyway yeah. we could have played all 20 frankly but yeah. so we're going to play two so we're going to play uh, Faith Elliott's Katie followed by Stanton's Catch That Train Oh Katie and you I see someone I recognise you're cutting yourself and shoplifting wine and I can't help but feel like I want to get close to you and tell you that everything's gonna be fine but my darling that would be a lie cause we're all me dizzy I'm still beating myself up over the petty stuff and for a week after a one-night stand I'm convinced I'm in love and I worry the internet is making me stupid and the art that I made is trite and derivative some nights I wake up feeling so paralyzed and useless I can't convince myself that love is the purpose of this collapsing universe trying to stop waiting for my life to be approved by some external entity that's somehow more real than me and meditating helps except when it doesn't and when it doesn't time still tows me along and it's current and the rough patches smooth out and then get rough again but I try to remember how incredible it is it's even possible to feel anything so much that it hurts and my friends are amazing I'd tell them all if I could and I'm getting to grips with how pointless it is to do things just because I think they're expected or in accordance with the life I planned out when I believed to be interesting I had to destroy myself and it's just as Ira Glass says great stories happen to those that can tell them because a story is a great and a beautiful thing they help us communicate and give our lives meaning but I think first and foremost it's important to recall our experiences are legitimate simply by happening at all 
hidden diamond of truth that will end all your guessing. But you're not going to find it in the books that you read or verse set in stone or some perfect geometry. Not even if the author wrote in their own blood on rat skin in prison before perishing in some unspeakable fashion. But before you let your spirit be broke, maybe there's some fun to be had in the searching because it seems we're all struggling most of the time and in that knowledge the only truth i can find is in the act of being kind can you feel the mood can you feel the tension when every face you see holds the same expression Will you catch that train tonight? Never know when it's out of sight Pictures of home and dark Hidden assistance Money to buy her Lights in the distance When only escape is on his mind Grab at the hope of a legal lifeline You smuggled the goods, man, what a fool A lifetime of nightlife in Istanbul A dream and a wish on a distant light Will you catch that train tonight? Will you catch that train tonight? Too well Yes, 
Choice this week. Uh, I, would, I, I sort of it was again. It's Craig Charles, uh, one of them, the Funk and Soul Show albums. And um, one, <laughs> how many of those do you have now? I think I have them all. I think it's five. Is five. And um, is, uh, there's a fellow on there who I played on my best of year, the Bongolian. Uh, and I wanted actually to play this song because this is by this perhaps the best song I've heard in several months. Uh, really is special because the Bongolian, as we know, is he's Moog synth mad. Uh, he loves ramping up the Moog synth and just blasting out the speakers. Uh, and uh, but I couldn't play this song because this was obviously off Craig Charles Funk and Soul, and I already had one on that particular thing from the Craig Charles, so I couldn't play this. No. But I was desperate to. Uh, so, but I, I got his LP, and there's loads of great stuff. And Jam Hammer of the Gods, I think I played. Yes, yeah. which yeah. is brilliant. But this really is the P.S. de Resistance <laughs> of Mongolian songs. This is the Riviera effect.
just heard Playboy Man Baby from Phoenix, Arizona. Robbie, Robbie Pfeffer. Like I think everyone from Phoenix, Arizona talks like that. Because they mean it. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie Pfeffer, Chris Hudson, TJ Frieger, David Cosme, Chad Dennis, and Austin Rickert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, uh, I think that's on Dirty Water Records, that one. Uh, it's a single. Uh, they they had an album out recently, uh, and uh, this is but this is a single. Uh, or maybe the album's not out yet, but the album's called "Don't Let It Be." Uh, Don't let it be. Uh, and uh, the single is called "You Can Be a Fascist Too," which is the track you've just heard. Uh, we, they weren't supposed to put it out that single out till February, the band say. Uh, but in light of recent events. We feel like every societal catastrophe deserves a proper theme song. And that was it. You've just heard it. <laughs> the B-side is also amazing. It's called I'd Like to Meet Your Parents. Uh, and it's all about being sort of forced to watch two lovebirds uh, in, a, in a fancy restaurant. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, check out Playboy Man Baby. I think the album is actually not out yet, but uh, don't let it be. Oh. <laughs> We should tip our hat to uh, the guitarist and uh, musical director, uh, Tom Edwards, uh, who died earlier this week. Uh, it may not be a name familiar to, familiar to you, but uh, if, as we have, you've been to see Edwin Collins in recent years, you've been to see Roddy Frame in recent years, and you've been to see Adam Ant in recent years, and all of us have been to see pretty much all of those, uh, and... Um, the, the the main lead guitarist and uh, the sort of band leader is uh, is is Tom Edwards who unfortunately passed on. Yeah, and uh, you you brought that to my attention, Teresa, and and it made me uh, think about when I've seen Edwin Collins because obviously I've seen Edwin Collins a number of times with both of you, mm. uh, but uh, the first time I saw Edwin Collins play was in was in Leeds with a uh, friend of the pod, Jump Back Jacket, yeah. um, and he was he was touring this. This album, I think it was this album. Uh, I'm not following you. I don't know what year that was. Ninety-eight, um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, ninety-eight, yeah. something like Ish. that. Yeah. Um, it was. It's the what? It's the album that's got the Magic Piper on it, which I think yeah. was a bit of a hit, wasn't it? It's the album after the one with the big hit, Girl Like You. That's I mean, right. Yeah. 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 Gorgeous George. Yeah. It's um, also. Uh, anyway, I hadn't, I hadn't listened to this album probably for about twenty years. It seemed to me because well, maybe not that long, but uh, if it was ninety eight, that would be what yeah, yeah, two years. Yeah, yeah, it might be a bit before that because I think the other album was ninety five. Um, so. And I'd forgotten that um, Marky e. Smith was on it. Oh yeah, the seventies. Oh, the seventies, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, what a tremendous song that is. Um, and there's actually quite a few songs on here which I really I've, I've been playing it a couple of uh, a few times. I've had it in the car a couple of journeys. Uh, Downer, I really liked as well. But the the song that stood out to me and I thought I'd bring to the pod uh, and we'll finish with tonight is. Uh, Living in an Adidas world.
that's it, listener. The, there is no more Trust the Wizards podcast for tonight, unfortunately. It, it only remains for me, Rebel Ricky, to say to you, listener, good night. And from the manager of the finance department, uh, it's, uh, it's, should we think about it? Adios. And from the director of Love, Truth and Hope, is Mr. Kicker of Hold each other, listeners. Hold each other. Good night, listener. <laughs>